Well, we've already dipped our toes into the Gospel of Matthew two weeks ago with the story of Joseph. Today we begin a deep dive. From now until Easter, we will be immersed in Matthew. We, along with um, another dozen or so area congregations using the narrative lectionary, and a group of Anabaptist churches around North America will be doing the same thing. At Parkview, we're giving this series the title, Jesus the Revealer. Jesus came to be with us for the purpose of revealing a fuller picture of God. And Matthew's gospel was written for the purpose of revealing Jesus the Revealer. That's the agenda of all the gospels, of course, even those that didn't make it into the Bible. Every written gospel was an effort to capture the story of Jesus for a particular purpose for a particular audience. The four gospels that ultimately did the best job of that and stood the test of time and were deemed worthy to include in our Bible were the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The names attached to these gospels do not mean that four disciples of Jesus named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John each sat separately sat down one day after Jesus departed and wrote down everything that they remembered. No, the Gospels are rooted in a deep oral tradition of storytelling, a tradition that we don't practice very well today. Stories were carefully told and retold about Jesus, and they circulated, circulated far and wide among Jesus' followers. And certain stories over time were deemed important and reliable and put into writing and gathered into collections that were passed around. Communities of Jesus followers emerged in, in various places around the Mediterranean and started engaging in witness and mission. So then it became important to bring these Jesus stories together and put them into one complete narrative of the life and ministry of Jesus a narrative that made sense for their particular time and place in, within the Roman Empire. That's why from one gospel to another, we find many similarities and many things also that get a different slant or a different emphasis because their audience was different. So before we dive into Matthew, let's consider who pulled these stories together and who was the first intended audience and what was the intended impact on that audience? It's by no means unanimous, but a common view among scholars is that Matthew's gospel emerged from the Jewish Christian community around Antioch of Syria sometime after 70 AD. Both that time and place are significant as we read and understand Matthew. Antioch was about 300 miles north of Jerusalem in modern-day Turkey, in the heart of the oppressive Roman Empire. And there was an active early Christian community there. And just a few years earlier, around, around 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed by the Roman military, and the temple was now laying in ruins. All of that happened because of an attempted Jewish revolt against Rome, in a long siege of Jerusalem by Caesar's army, during which about one million people died. One million. So the first few decades after the time of Jesus were catastrophic and horrific for the Jewish people. 
Can we get our heads around the tragedy and trauma that the Jewish people suffered just a handful of years before this gospel was written? In a city of Jews and Gentiles living together in the heart of the Roman Empire. That reality, to say the least, deeply informed the writers and compilers of Matthew. The other reality that shapes this book is the conflict inside the Jewish synagogue between those who said Jesus was the promised Messiah and those who did not. That divide between the followers of Jesus and the rest of Judaism got especially tense in cities like Antioch that were largely Gentile because the followers of Jesus were beginning to incorporate more Gentiles into their communities. So Antioch was kind of like ground zero for that conflict, and it resulted in a separation from the synagogue. So Jewish followers of Jesus found themselves having to choose between their faith in Jesus as God's Messiah and having a home in their local synagogue. We believe that the Gospel of Matthew was written, first and foremost, to strengthen and encourage this hybrid Jew-Gentile community of Jesus followers who were living in the midst of multiple layers of religious conflict and military conquest. So Matthew shows us a Messiah who came into a world that was deeply flawed and broken, but was the embodiment of Yahweh's love and presence in the midst of that brokenness. Matthew seems very concerned that his Jewish readers understand that Jesus is the bona fide Messiah who fulfilled all the prophecies of the Hebrew scriptures. In contrast to the resistance they were experiencing in the synagogue, Matthew reassures them that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. And then to reassure Gentile members of the early church, Matthew highlights that Jesus is God's way to further God's plan for the peace and flourishing of all the nations of the world, not just the biological descendants of Abraham and Sarah. This is why Matthew, I think, is the only one who tells us the famous Christmas story of the Magi who came from the East to worship the newborn king of the Jews. That story emphasizes understandably both the Jewish identity of the Messiah and the universal, global, and inclusive scope of Jesus' kingship. And I believe this is why Matthew is the only gospel to begin his book with an extended genealogy of Jesus, which you're about to hear. He traces Jesus' ancestral roots back to King David and to Abraham and at the same time highlights the Gentiles in his genealogy, and the key role played by certain named women who might otherwise be dismissed, and even calling attention to some unsavory ways that Jesus' ancestry played itself out. The message seems to be that Jesus' messiahship is for all people and all nations, and that God's faithfulness toward us does not waver, even in the face of our own failures and sins and missteps. I think 
that was an important message for the first readers of Matthew, living in a time of political and religious turmoil in Antioch of Syria. And I think it's an important message for us today, living in times that are not all that different, come to think of it. And so begins our journey in Matthew.